Boom. Boom. Here's a little, little tip for you. You can start, You can, now that you use this song to like dial you in, you can like use it for any big thing. It's like, you know, you're gonna you're trying to psych yourself up to like hit that girl up that you, you're crushing on. Just pop it on. That's right. This goes for anybody out there, you know? It's a great pump up song. I found myself listening to this before uh, webinars, too. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. We have a lucky episode for you guys today, man. Versus world number 13. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Pete, for being here as well. How are you doing, my friend? Thanks for having me. I'm I'm uh, doing good. I'm ready. Yeah? Wonderful. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So, guys, we got... Uh, we got some cool stuff happening right now. So if you've been living under a rock, uh, don't know yet, well, we launched the uh, Self Mastery Club, and that's going to be our premier masculine development platform designed to help you become the man that you are meant to be with a heavy emphasis on habit change, mindset, all that kind of good stuff. Basically taking all the amazing material I've developed over the years, helping guys transform their lives, putting it in one place, and then most importantly, bringing the community together around it so that you can get the kind of accountability, support, feedback, everything you need to be that man. So we launched that, and uh, one of the big things that we got is, well, we got new content coming, a bunch of new content. And two big pieces in particular are on their way. The first one of note is Man on a Mission, okay? And this is going to be my course, like we call it a productivity course, but technically it's it's far more than that. And you can think of it as, um, like many of you are familiar with my series I did uh, a few years ago called Man of Action. And I'm taking that to the next level. And uh, it's it's really about how can you unlock you? How can you learn how to tap into the natural motivation and power that exists inside of you at all times? How can you find it, especially in those difficult moments, those uncertain moments, and use it to drive you forward, okay? This is this is going to be a fantastic thing. And what's even more exciting about it is the way that I think I'm setting it up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be taking, there's going to be three different kinds of videos. First, there's going to be kind of like the high-level lessons, and these I'm actually going to be putting on YouTube here for all of you, okay? I'm going to be putting them up for free. And these are going to give you the the, the high-level strategies and, you know, new content. Like I've, I've had some people say that, you know, Mark, you, you're just kind of repeating the same stuff anymore. Clearly, you don't have any new ideas or whatever. Well, it's not true at all, actually. I've been, I've been banking stuff up, but I just needed to figure out the business part first to figure out how it was all going to work. Um, but I also always kind of, personally felt very important to figure out my, how to get my most important stuff out to everyone because ultimately that's what I want to do is I want to change the world. So the big pieces, the big main ideas, they're going to be put out here on YouTube. So make sure you catch them. They're going to be uh, hopefully fantastic stuff for you. Then what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing implementation videos where I take this concept, these, this content, and I'm going to be applying it to my own life. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be showing you firsthand how I would set it up in my life. And I'm going to be using it for real life stuff. Cause right now what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm building self mastery club. I want to hit a thousand members in there, um, within a year. That's my goal. I think we can, I think we can do that right now. We're, what are we at Pete? Like 180 or something like that. I think so, we broke 200, but did yeah, we? Shoot. Around there. Okay. Damn. Okay. So we're, uh, we're getting there, but I want to I want to get us you know to the next level. A lot of you guys have been who are in there have been following me for a long time, so getting that fresh blood that's a big goal of mine. But on t so there's going to be like business and productivity examples in there. Uh, but on top of that, I'm also going to be engaging in a physical challenge. All right, I'm going to be uh, leveling up my diet and my uh, fitness. And this is something that I think will be interesting for many of you because many of us have fitness diet goals and it's kind of very a relatable sort of thing if building a business isn't. And to make it even more interesting, 
in that process, I'm actually going to be creating another course. So it's like you're going to you're going to watch me build my business, build this new course, which I'm calling Rewrite Your Body, where I apply my habit change methodologies to fitness and nutrition. And so these videos where I'm showing you how I apply all this stuff directly to my life, well, that's going to be for Self Mastery Club members. So you get the, the big main concepts here free on YouTube implementation where I get into all the nitty gritty detail, all the, the stuff of here's how I would actually go about like using this stuff in Self Mastery Club. And then also there's going to be mentoring calls around this where I'm going to then be working with you guys and seeing helping you apply this stuff to your life. So it's like, hey, you know, if the first thing is to picture your ideal life, well, let's figure out what that actually means, because that's not actually super clear and, and simple for many people. You know, they, they're like, oh, I'll just me on the beach being rich. It's like, well, you got to give me more than that. What does that actually mean? Do you actually really just want to sit on the beach all day? Is that really what you want? And it's like, uh, no. And it's like everything that happens after that point, that's, that's what we're going to be covering in those mentoring calls. So those will also be for Self Mastery Club members as well. So we've got a lot of cool stuff coming here uh, on the channel and in the club. And so if you're interested in the Self Mastery Club, well, you can go you know, sign up right now. Or you can, uh, if you want to hear more about it and like hear me kind of really go in depth with what, what we're going to be doing, you can check out uh, our webinar, which we're not running this week, uh, our web class, but it's, it's hopefully going to get it back up running consistently next week and that's uh cracking the code to fitness money and sex without selling your soul or becoming a disciplined robot so click the link below if you want to make sure that you are uh emailed about that did i forget anything pete on all that i think you nailed it well great so now on to the first order of business uh yes i want to get into a scam okay i want to talk about a scam, a scammer who hit me up. Okay. And this isn't like, you know, going to be uh, an insane, you know, wild story or anything like that. Uh, if you want to hear one of those, check out um, Chael Sonnen. He's like an MMA commentator. He just told, he just had a video on his channel about like a crazy um, scam I heard where like this guy, he had just like dropped his daughter off somewhere, I think. And then like he got a call immediately from this guy who said like, oh, I've got your daughter uh, and, you know, you better wire me all this money uh, before, you know, uh, <laughs> before yes. I do, before I kill her or something like that. Yeah. So it was, it's nothing like that. But I think this is something that you're probably more likely to actually run into. And it's worth it to just be aware of how kind of savvy these guys go. Otherwise, you might find yourself in a compromised position uh, very quickly. So here's how it started off. Hello, simple enough. Okay, and I say, who is this? I didn't even I didn't even deem them worthy of punctuation. Um, <laughs> as soon as I get as soon as I get a message from someone that I don't know, I already assume it's a scammer. You know, maybe because I'm just like used to computers and things like that. But at this point, I just get curious too a little bit. I kind of just like want to see like what are they doing. Um, What's, what's the newest methodology that they utilize? Because I try to keep up with that stuff. Um, and someone said, and they say, sorry, my name is Sally. Found this unnamed number in my address book. I believe the owner of this number is someone I know. Now, there's all different kinds of ways that they could do this. But basically what they're trying to do is create an open hook. They're trying to just create a guise of possibility. You know, it could be something like... Uh, Hey, you know, you gave me your, your number at the bar, uh, just, just texting you and saying, what's up. Okay. Just any sort of, you know, thing that, that could allow them to start a conversation. So always be on the lookout for something like that. Then I say, sorry, I'm the owner and I do not know anyone named Sally, which is true. And so I was like, okay, this clearly isn't it. And a normal person would just stop there. Then they go forward. Did we did we exchange numbers at a charity dinner on the 11th last month? And then they send a picture of themselves. And their picture, for those who are just listening on audio, is a you know pretty girl, just a pretty girl with. Uh, it's hard to tell if her shirt is open or not. It's, it's um, definitely it's doesn't off. look buttoned up. <laughs> yeah, it's not fully buttoned up. Well, you can't see anything because it's cut off. But right. uh, you know, it's it's a pretty girl with a semi-suggestive things like not so much to where it's obvious that this is just like a sex bot or whatever but it's i think what it's trying to do is it's trying to get the guy to respond 
ideally by sending a picture back by se- by just being like nope mm. sorry and then sending a picture of my face this is who i am and as soon as they get you to do that okay as soon as you engage in that way then they're going to be like oh you're cute though how are you doing mm-hmm. right cuz they want to get a picture of you and here's like one of the big things is that if they can get you like if they can get get you to start doing anything illicit right they can get a picture of your dick they can get like screenshots of a text conversation where you're you start flirting with them chatting you up that sort of thing um well guess what especially if you're like married well then that becomes a blackmail point and they can say hey yep. we'll just send you know bitcoin to this address and uh you know i'll uh, i'll delete this stuff and it won't be a big deal so that's the kind of hook that they're putting out there and in our porn culture this kind of thing, like, it has to work, like, all the time. You know, especially, like, if I was a scammer, I'd be running it, like, you know, just 100 bucks. You know, or I'd be, I maybe, I mean, the better way to do it probably be to, uh, um, like, go through people's, um, like, Facebooks and things like that and see who's got money, who could you target. Like, so these people are savvy. Like, there's, there might be a reason why they even picked me. Because they know, like, oh well, if I, if we catch Mark, he, like he's totally full of shit and he's like anti-porn and all this stuff. If we can get if we can get him being lewd, well then you know he's definitely gonna pay us. So that's the kind of stuff that you gotta you gotta think. The, people are not good out there, okay? So at this point, you know, I'm like, okay, this is clearly what's going on. And I say, ah, you're a bot. And then they say, okay, you're a fucking robot. LOL. Am I still a robot? Um, and so now they're trying to engage, be playful, be like, okay, clearly like this isn't just a, you know, automated thing. Cause some, right. some bots, like some of the times they are just automated. And that's part of the reason why I was engaging. Cause I wanted to see, was this like a spam, like algorithm, like something that just went out automatically, or was this something like, there was an actual person there. Um, and so this proves me that there at least is an actual person there. Maybe he's got a bunch of these chats going at once and he, uh, you know, just responded to me but you know so they did that okay and then i say yes you are still a bot unless you send a pic of you holding a piece of paper saying i'm not a robot (laughs) and then this is where things started to uh turn south in the conversation and they say fuck you do you want to die hack you (laughs) so clearly caught them and all of a sudden their 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 english and whatnot went out the window. The window. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. And, and for those of you who just kind of slow, the reason I said that, because if it was a real person, they could take a picture of themselves saying, I'm not a robot. And at that point, if they had done that, well, then either, yes, that's really actually a woman there, you know, and she wanted to, she was just strange and still wanting to continue the conversation. Or you're dealing with like a sex worker who is trying to just get clients for the most part. Like, you know, if she responded, she had the picture and like that, well, then she's 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 like some kind of prostitute, most likely trying to get money from you. Since you didn't get that instead, I got the the F you do you want to die? It's probably just, you know, some guy over in India trying to make a penny. Um, And so I say, God bless. And he says, (laughs) <laughs> Amen is useless. Jesus can't save you. I said, and I don't really know why I said I said because there was nothing else after that. Um, and so hmm. at that point, I just said uh, Jesus is king. I sent him a gif of Jesus blessing him, and then I blocked him. So uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's my hacker story. And you just gotta be you gotta be aware of this stuff, guys, because uh, you can get taken for a ride, especially if you let yourself get a little horny. You know, this happened if you look at the times. It was like late at night. I was just like hanging out on my my porch, just uh, you know, listening to some music and stuff like that. And so they catch you at the wrong time. Maybe you have a few beers. You're a little randy. Maybe you're already scrolling some stuff. You can make some bad decisions and uh, put yourself in a rough situation. So that's my uh, my hacker story. Wow, I had a yeah. guy go through something very similar very similar to this he showed me like the whole thing and it was it was it's wild man they're getting good at it did he did he uh take the bait he went he he went a little further than uh like i was i was kind of freaking out for him because i was like we didn't know like we didn't know if it was fake or real like his was a little different than this but yeah it was very well done and uh it was clearly not a bot I actually yeah. had him like give me the number of the guy and i called him 
I was like chatting to this guy trying to figure out if it was fake or not. And uh, it sounded pretty fake when I was talking to him. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The world, the world is weird. The world is weird. So that's, that was that thing. Uh, hopefully you found that at least mildly interesting. Now, the next thing I want to get into here is uh, I got a question on the self mastery club and uh, here's, here's who it is. I don't know. I, I didn't ask them if they wanted their thing to be posted. So I just blurred their name, but he said, uh, so I think you know some about me, and I just want to really drill down into energy management once and for all. I'm 19, and currently I'm at home with my parents trying to quit porn and work on my business. You've said repeatedly that you cannot do everything at once, but you can do it all. Um, well, usually what I say is you can do it all, you just can't do it all at once. Uh, and he says, the thing is, my baseline of habits is zero. I don't cook, clean, or have any bills to pay. So hardline, if I'm adhering to what my understanding was, leaves a huge chunk of free time in my day. So hardline is a piece of my stack method, which is kind of like your minimum uh, requirements of yourself per day. And so he's, he's got like this kind of minimal hardline of quitting porn. Uh, but then he's got a, a bunch of free time. And he says, I end up relapsing because I'm frustrated doing nothing and not living like a man I want to be. So you think in that case, overloading on good habits is good, like meditation, stretching, journaling, more uh, cold showering, etc. I've gone 86 days a couple summers ago when COVID hit. And even though a lot of my motivation was vacuous, I was still living like a person I want to be. So my question is, do you think... Uh, in such a scenario, doing multiple things at once, such as not prioritizing anything, or sorry, doing multiple things at once, but not prioritizing anything over reboot is the way to go. Very good question. Um, and this is, this, this is the kind of stuff that people really struggle with is like, what should I focus on? How much should I do? Am I pushing too hard? If I push too hard, I know I'm going to overload and then I'm going to burn out. And then I'm just going to like, you know, unplug. Uh, if I'm doing too little, well, then I'm not going to be making any progress. I'm not going to be motivated. And then, you know, maybe I'm still going to, you know, fall into a rut because it feels like it's too slow. And it's like, obviously, the, the right answer is to try to find that sweet spot. But dialing into it can be uh, a little tricky. So in this case, what I would recommend to our friend here is, yeah, keep your main objective, quitting porn, but it sounds like clearly you need to be doing more. Now, one of the things that I think can be really useful for people is to create times not where there's so much force to do one specific kind of productive thing. Like, you can do that, and there's definitely a place for that where, you know, that's that's should be your main thing where it's like, all right, I'm blocking out these times of the day where I'm going to work on this project and that project and whatever. But that doesn't sound like you're really fully on that spot yet. Maybe a little bit like you can, you can do some of that. So it's like, maybe you have an hour or two a day that you focus to work. Okay. Great. Maybe that's all you can handle while quitting porn is an hour or two, but you should have some kind of mandatory productivity. Now, just because you're not doing product hardcore productive time, doesn't mean that you should be in straight indulgence mode. And I think maybe something to play around with here is time on your schedule. Like ideally you get a set routine, like maybe you get up, you do your journaling, you do your X amount of time of productive work. And then you go into like a um, open space where you're allowed to do whatever you want, except engage in consumption, engage in dopaminergic masturbation. So for most guys doing a big transition like quitting porn, cutting out all YouTube, all video games, all you know Netflix, all junk food, doing all that stuff at the same time, you're just going to get overwhelmed and you're going to relapse really hard. So you don't want to cut that all out, but you can cut it out for periods of the day. So maybe between like noon and 5 p.m., you can do whatever you want except you know surf the internet. Uh, you know, eat junk food, whatever. And that's going to force you to do other things. And maybe some days that's going to be chores. Maybe some days, you know, you're going to want to just go mulch the garden because you're just like, you. I feel like you got to move. Maybe other days you're feeling like, oh, I'm going to clean my room because it's a mess. Maybe other days you're just going to read a book. Uh, maybe other days you're just going to walk, okay? But like learning how to fill time with anything other than just what we call it, low value stimulation. Just creating times like that, you will automatically start getting productive just by the nature of saying, no, I'm not going to do these things, these things that can just consume your mind and take you nowhere. 
So that's my recommendation. Just spend more time where you just say, either do anything I want that's not just dopaminergic gobbling up uh, or uh, nothing. Like there's there's a lot to be said for doing nothing. Like I went to um, Longwood Gardens today. That's like a, a world famous like garden and it's like right near where I live. It's a very beautiful place. And I just walked around today uh, because I needed passive processing time, you know, because I'm planning all this new content and stuff out and I was thinking about it all morning. And so I just needed to go do nothing and I just wanted to go do nothing in a pretty place because my brain, it just needed space to spin and to whirl and to do its thing. And anyone who does any kind of like real deep creativity stuff, they this is what they, they start to, to come to. So, you know, it's no different for someone who's going through an intense habit change because while you go and you do nothing, your brain's going to be processing. It's going to be thinking about your new modes of operation. You know, it's going to give you the space to have these limiting beliefs, these inner blocks float to the surface and you can kind of address them. So I think having more time where you're not doing anything super hardcore is uh, is essential. Totally, big time. You know, the um, I think Perry Marshall calls this renaissance time and it's kind of what we yeah. were talking about last week too with like going on a bike ride, you know, just letting your 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 brain work in the background and you know what if you get really bored if you let yourself get really bored you will come up with some really crazy ideas and you'll you'll have the motivation to actually follow through with them and do some pretty awesome stuff yeah exactly and this is kind of like a more gentle approach to a dopamine detox where uh Maybe you're not focusing because so, a lot of people, they think, oh, I got to take all these bad habits out and then I got to replace it with super high level productivity. That's super hard to do, uh, especially if you're coming from like the average Western lifestyle. A lot of times the answer is just take out the super high stimulating stuff for a large portion of your day and watch how that starts naturally getting filled up with other good things. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, Let's see here. So, um, Mark, I was watching this clip from rich cooper and him and a man in a sauna were having a discussion about sports and i remember uh off camera you were kind of talking about sports a little bit and uh guys who watch sports so i thought this would be an appropriate clip for today's episode (laughs) all right let's check it out back to the guy in the uh sauna you know talking about did you catch the game last night i don't know what he's talking about i said what game you talking about he's like Toronto Maple Leafs, oh, okay, why, you know, what's going on? Are they in the playoffs or something? Again, I'm totally oblivious to this. I don't watch sports. It's not my thing. I don't feel like it's a good use of my time. And, he's, you know, he talks about it a little bit. And to which I respond, listen, I understand some people, you know, enjoy that, but I don't watch sports. And he was flabbergasted. Like, he was like, really? Like, why? Like, you know, know, your wife doesn't let you. I just started laughing. I'm like, dude, you don't know me. I'm like, uh, I don't have a wife, uh, you know, and I don't watch sports regardless. I mean, maybe that's why some guys spend so much time watching sports is because they want to get away from their wife and they need the escape. And he's like, yeah, maybe that's probably it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, So first off, I want to say I actually love sports and I actually really love watching sports. And I've had different periods in my life where I've been hooked into following them. But the problem is, it's just takes it just takes a lot of time, okay. And I'm I'm yes. kind of like that right now a little bit with UFC. Um, mm. Like I, I really like you know MMA stuff, uh, but it's just not something you can really obsess over because the fights like the the fights that matter are kind of so few and far in between. Um, but so it's not like you're you're following a baseball team or a hockey team, like you know, or a basketball team. Like when those are in season, you know, you got. You got multiple games, you know, all the time, and you can you can just always be watching it, um, and it just it just takes so much time, so much time, and you know, the, you got to understand like what it is. It's just a soap opera for men. That's what modern sports is for the most part, and I'm not saying that negatively. Like we're naturally compelled by stories, and the sports that like all sports today, you can you can interchange the sport. But what keeps it really compelling is the stories, is the narrative. It's like, oh, we've got the underdog here who, you know, is coming off an injury. And will he be able to prevail against the the stalwart favorite who is starting to slip a little bit? And it's just like, and then you get into the, the player drama and all this kind of thing. And we just, we get hooked in it. We want to just hear, oh, what happens? Oh, what goes on there? Oh, what, what, what's going to happen? Um, And so 
it's just another mind trap. The way I see it is just like it's another thing that's become a part of the dopamine industrial complex's bag of tricks to grab your attention and divert your energy into their pockets. Okay, because that's that's ultimately what happens. You buy their merch, you give you know you you give their their ads more value, um, all that kind of stuff. So, I personally do not I do not support being a hardcore sports follower uh, in general. Like me personally, that's not my my shtick because I just have other stuff I'd rather do. Now, clearly, there are very successful people out there who do follow sports very closely and they care a ton about them. For me, it's just like, you gotta be, you just gotta watch it. You just gotta watch it because I think for so many people, it becomes a replacement for a personality. It becomes a replacement for a life. It's like you get to have all of this drama um, in front of you, which is, it's like fake drama, right? It's, this is like the, uh, I could be wrong. This is a, this is a, a wild assumption based, like coming out of my mouth, but I think, People are either, they tend to either be really hooked into politics or really hooked, hooked into, into sports. sports? Yes. Uh, yes. And what they, they just need some kind of storyline to be obsessed with. Okay. Like the guys who just like, you know, couldn't really care as much about the sports or the sports, they're going to be more into politics. And if they don't really care too much about the politics, they're going to be more into the sports. Um, unless you're just really plugged into your life. <laughs> Okay, like that's that's the number one thing. As long as you are sure that you are like maximally plugged into your life and you still want to follow sports, fantastic. That's awesome. Have some fun with it because it can be fun for sure. But I know, I know there are many people out there with the amount of sports that they watch is not making their life better. It's like causing them to like, I know it's like kind of like a meme where it's like, oh, dad's watching the game. Don't bother dad. Dad's going to ignore the rest of the family, you know, X nights a week because of the sports game. And it's like, okay, is that, is that really what we want? Like, is that really how you want to do it? Like if you can make it a family affair, that makes, that starts making things better. When you can start sharing your hobbies and stuff and you can turn it into a social event that allows you it gives you something to interact with like part of the I think that's part of the reason why guys actually really like sports because it gives them something to talk about it's yeah I heard like other I forget who it was some comedian or someone talking about like that's that's why people like Netflix it's not because Netflix puts out good shows it's just because people want to be able to talk about shit at the water cooler um and that's not again that's not bad I guess but I mean if you're really living on your purpose, you know, on your mission, well, then you're going to have more consequential stuff to talk to the people in your life about. <laughs> okay, you will. You'll have more, way more interesting things. It's kind of like heavy reliance on sports, on video games, on uh, politics or whatever to fill your life up. It's like training wheels. It's basically saying, hey, you can you can latch onto these stories to give your life meaning and excitement as lo- while you don't have yours up and running. So, you know, if I like broke my leg and I was stuck in a bed for, you know, all day, every day, I'd probably watch some sports. Okay. You know, more than I do now. And I think that would be understandable. But like, you know, at a certain point, you just got to ask, is this really making your life better or is it getting in the way? Man, I feel kind of called out right now, dude. Like, yeah. you know, you don't know this, but I'm actually the super lightweight arm wrestling champion of Southern California, all major cities excluded. And I might even be... Wait, actually? Well, it hasn't been proven. Like, I haven't actually, you know, like, I haven't gone to a tournament or anything. But I'm <laughs> I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty good. And, dude, yeah. even a weird, like, little niche thing, like arm wrestling, it's getting bigger now. But, yeah, dude, there's so... It's like a little universe on YouTube. And I thought I had, like, yeah. my YouTube addiction, like, sufficiently sequestered. I was only watching arm wrestling stuff exclusively. But then I was like, wait a second. There's, like... Neil Pickups, you know, Supernatural Strength. He's got a live stream, The Fix. There's Uncle John's arm wrestling show. There's Beers with Bad Company. These are like two hour long freaking live streams, dude. Right. They're so long and there's so many of them. And there's all these little YouTube videos going out with Ryan Bone, all these guys, Devin Larratt. And they're all posting a bunch of stuff all the time. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is like taking way too much time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that happened. Like it's it, the the niches today have have expanded. You know, it's not just you know basketball, baseball, football, hockey anymore, right? It's like 
you know, I was hooked into like professional esports for a while, following like Counter Strike or Overwatch, and it's like it can get as nerdy or as weird or as whatever. It's like there is there is a a following out there for so many things, and you just like yeah, have hobbies. It's great to have breadth in yes. your life, uh, but just keep it in freaking balance. Just don't you can't let the 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 side quest become the main quest. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Alrighty. <laughs> so uh, this clip, this next clip would have fit really well into last week's episode, um, actually, but it wasn't out yet. So here's okay. Echo Charles from the Jocko Podcast on Toxic, toxic Productivity. That's a new Ooh. term. With yeah, a lot of these terms, term. especially with the one toxic, yeah. like it's, yes, there is such thing as toxic, whatever. So mm. we'll say productivity. This toxic productivity, that makes sense. And what does that look like? Okay. Does it look like Jocko? Okay. Maybe. The, <laughs> but we do, you can think of an extreme example, a perfect example of toxic productivity. We yeah. can. I used to work for a moving company for a summer. Some guys, they'd be like, hey, I, I just want to work. I just want a bigger paycheck. So they would finish an all day move, 730 AM to like eight at night. Not everybody, but these crews would be like, no, let's go to the next shift or to the next location or whatever and just help them move, right? Because there's always a move going on. So guys would work two, three, four days in a row with no sleep. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. They would take meth. (laughs) 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 They would smoke meth to stay up. Yeah. For real. That's that's hilarious. Uh, So, yes, that would be an example of toxic uh, productivity. Um, anything that's like, you know, anything that's short, it's really, it's like, is it short sighted for your goals? And I think well, pe- the, the problem is people, they just, they don't, they don't actually take the time to figure out what the hell their goals are because the goal isn't always just to get maximum progress in one area as fast as possible. Sometimes it is. All right. Like I'm going to go out and I'm going to say it. Like if, if we were fighting a war and we had to dig a trench to survive, okay, and we had to dig it as fast as possible. I would say, you know, hand me the meth Give and me stand the meth. back. Give me the meth. Let's get Give it me a done. Shovel. Okay? Because we're we're fighting for survival then. Okay? <laughs> if if like my family's about to starve or something, if I don't, you know, if we're about to be on the street, if I don't get these jobs done, yeah, okay, we're gonna get it. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get it done. Hopefully not meth. Uh, I'm gonna avoid that you as wouldn't much need as possible. The, but you, your adrenaline <laughs> would be so high you would not need the meth. Hopefully, right? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the thing is like, okay, if that's the goal, yeah, maybe sometimes it is like, that's how you got to define toxicity because, uh, like toxicity is all about a threshold. It's all about like how much of something before it becomes bad, right? You can, your body can handle all kinds of toxins, but they only become toxic to you at a certain point. And often even healthy, good things can become toxic it's toxic to you after a certain point. Even water, I'm pretty sure. If you just like drink, if you just keep yep. drinking water, I'm pretty sure that'll kill you. Like, that'll kill you. you know. So like that's that's the big thing is like and one of the big things I'm trying to address in Man on a Mission is like how do we make the decision? Because that's the tricky part. People like to think that oh the tricky part's taking the action. You know, that's like what my my man of action series is about. Here's how you get yourself to take action. But really what's more important is figuring out what actions. Because arbitrary movement doesn't lead you anywhere. It has to fit into a, a higher level picture, a higher level narrative for your life. So yeah, you know, avoid the the excesses. And the way you figure out what the excesses are is you have a freaking conversation with yourself. You say, what the heck do I want? Right? What do I want? What do I want to accomplish? And a lot of times people like your your first answer is not the real answer. It's like, well, I want to make a million bucks as quick as possible. It's like, well, what is your path to do that? Well, I'm just going to grind super, super hard at this job. It's like, so how long do you think that'll take? Maybe it'll take you two years at your sales job. If you just sold your soul and gave every minute of your time to uh, your job, maybe you can make it in, you know, make a million dollars. Maybe it would take five years, maybe two years. I don't know. It depends on what your job is, right? The question is, do you want to live in absolute torture for that long? Is that really worth it? Or is it better to take the scenic route? Like, this is one of the things I, I do uh, when I'm driving places. Like, especially if it's a longer drive, I'll look at them. I'll look at it. I'll, I'll see, all right, how many turns are there in this in this route? And if I just, like, want to zone out, I'll take the longer route that has less turns just so I just, like, I can, like, focus on my podcast or I can just, like, literally not have to think, period. Because sometimes, like, you know, if I'm driving, you know, I've, I've driven between 
Massachusetts and uh, Pennsylvania a bunch. Uh, and we got to go through New York. And it's like, are you going to go through New York? Because going through New York is a pain in the ass. Like you got to sometimes got to cross like multiple lanes of traffic. You got to be, you know, you got to be on your shit. Or do I want to kind of go around New York? Do I want to take the tap and Z? Uh, and it's a bit longer, but man, it's, it's just, it's just a, a cognitive load less. And so sometimes I do want maximum speed. Other times I want to take, you know, take it easy. And this is, this is how you, you got to apply to like most of your goals in life. It's like, how hard do you really got to go right now? How hard do you really want to go? Because if you choose a path that's harder than you really want to go, guess what's going to happen? You're going to bail and then you're not going to get there at all. So it's worth thinking about. You know, I think um, the argument could be made that toxic productivity in, in the way that Echo here was talking about it, that's not really productive at all. Just in the same way that you could be said toxic masculinity, true toxic masculinity isn't actually masculine at all. So it kind of depends on, you know, what your definition is. And I'll take Echo's example here. So like you're taking meth for your, for your movers gig, right? Uh-huh. Which, okay. And what, what, what does that lead to? Okay. So your paycheck's bigger, but you die young. And then what do you do with then? Like what's, <laughs> it, it doesn't take very much thinking about to realize this is not actually productive, but you're right. They don't have goals. So it's like, what is productive anyway? It's like, right. what it's is my relative. goal? Yeah. It's always relative. So you got to oh, know man. you. That's what you got to do. You, if you don't know you, then you're not going to know what to do. Yeah. Alrighty. So this next one, uh, Chris Williamson recently tweeted out a quote from a British philosopher whose name I can't pronounce. Um, but the quote seems to be an idea I've heard a lot. So I wanted to get your take on it. The quote reads as follows. It says, loneliness is a kind of tax we have to pay to atone for a certain complexity of mind. Mm. Yeah. Have you heard that one before? <laughs> This is like similar to like people who like claim that having a high IQ is very isolating. You know, it's very hard to have a high IQ and, and function in this world. Uh, I just I just think that's bullshit. I think there are different kinds. Well, I think here's what it is. High IQ people who think like that, they get this like, oh, woe is, woe is me. I'm too smart for my own good. It's like that person, like even very smart people can have cognitive blocks and biases. All right. And that cognitive block and bias is the idea that your intelligence is blocking you from some sort of success or happiness in some field. And this, in the case of the quote you're talking about, it's like, ah, it's because I'm so smart. That's why I'm so lonely. No one can grasp my superior intellect. Um, (laughs) I think that's bullshit. Because if you're so smart, get some goddamn social skills and learn how to interact with people. Go find some people as smart as you are. You're probably not the smartest person in the world, right? you know, just by probability. (laughs) So find other smart people to talk to. And here's what people do is they just, people come up with a cope for, for everything, right? Like they just, as soon as they find an excuse that let, that lets them off the hook, right? So this for the smart person, it's like, ah, I'm unhappy. It's like, why am I unhappy? Well, because you know, this part of my life's not working out. Well, maybe what I could do is I could blame that on something that lets me humble brag and then frees me from responsibility for solving it, right? Because that's kind of what's going on here. It's like as soon as yeah, he says, is. well, it's just I'm just so smart. I can't – I got to be lonely. Well, then he doesn't have to do shit, which honestly sounds not very intelligent to me. So if like that's the whole thing. Is like if anyone ever complains about being too smart, you're actually full of shit. You're just not, you're you're pro- you may be smart. People with high IQs they do dumb things because they have emotional blocks. Okay, mm-hmm. and usually the reason why is because they're not actually familiar with emotional blocks. They're not they're just not educated on how the mind works and how the ma- rationalizations go through everything like that. And yes, all right, certain things if you're very brilliant at them, it may be difficult to find other people who can connect with you on it. All right, like. I'm not the smartest guy in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm pretty good at like understanding the stuff I do. And there's not a ton of people out in the world who could talk to me about that kind of stuff in a way where I would find it intellectually stimulating. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm lonely. It just means I have to change the way that I interact in that domain. 
And that's what I do with my content is I try and put stuff out and I can share it that way. You know, I try and distill it to make it something usable, right? And so it's like, if you're just like floating off in these realms where no one can interact with you, it's like either you find, you do the work to find the people who can meet you there, or you find a way to bring it to other people in a way that they can digest it, or you just don't give a crap and you connect with people on the other elements of your humanity, okay? Just because you're a brilliant mathematician doesn't mean you can't have a conversation about like the rest of life, right? I think part of this like th this thing is like people with really high IQs sometimes they just pigeonhole themselves into these super niche weird fields and so the rest of their life is like basically non-existent and that's why they have no reason to connect with other people because they've spent the last 40 years spending 12 hours a day studying the mating patterns of birds. It's like, okay, that's cool, but like, you know, can you even have a hold a conversation about the weather? <laughs> it's like, this is this is the thing that people got so pissed at me about for um, uh, when I was talking about the, the weightlifting thing because I was oh, just saying, yeah. yeah, you're a loser if all you do is work out. If that's all you do, like that's the only thing you got going for you. Well, guess what? Yeah, you're gonna, you're still gonna struggle in life. You can't ever just have one thing, right? You got to have a bit more than that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way because I felt that way too when I was reading that. And um, I can prove this guy is wrong because I've known, I'm not, you know, I, I can't hang with these guys, but I know some guys who are bona fide just nerds. You know what I mean? And now, I'm not talking like nerds are like, like geniuses. Well, not I wouldn't say they're quite on the level of like living in the steam tunnels under Caltech, but we are okay. talking about like 3D printing drones that work okay. and stuff. You know what I mean? Those dudes are playing Magic of the Gathering. They got their Minecraft servers. Those dudes have a ton of fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, they, it's they, just they like, are not lonely. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, sounds like this guy is just you know he's just he just lacks social skills or something. I don't know. That's that's what I think. You know, if you if you're it's always like if you're so smart, just like learn how to behave better. Just like go read a book on like human dynamics. That's the thing is like people get they they get so, so just because you have a high IQ doesn't make you immune to pride. It's like you can have a super high IQ and know jack shit about social interaction. It's like if they read a book, they probably would. But the problem is if they read that book, they'd realize, shoot, I'm super inept at this. And even if I conceptually understand it, my my ability to actually embody these principles is so far away because they realize, oh, it's actually a matter of conditioning. Oh, I'd actually have to condition myself to behave differently in this social situation. But that would take a lot of work. That would be require a lot of failure. And it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. So guess what? I'm just too smart for you. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> have it your way, buddy. Have it your way. Yeah, you know what's another thing, too? Intelligence is not a virtue. And intelligence and wisdom are very different. And I would rather be wise true. than intelligent every day of oh, the true. week. There's, you know what I mean? There's, like, I've seen, like, uh, Down Syndrome guys who have, like, tremendous charisma. And, like, everybody oh, yeah. loves them. Um, and it's, like, you know, that's, like, if they could do it, it's not an IQ thing, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, man. All right. Let's see here. What's next? Oh, yeah. So... Fellow self mastery club monarch of ours, Graham. Uh, I forget his 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 username, but his name's Graham. He sent this okay. over, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And I'm curious to know how it relates to quitting PML. Okay, let's check it out. Our mind is subconsciously. Wait, is this the uh, the healthy gamer dude? Yes, it is, and he's a uh, psychiatrist by profession, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah, he like helps people like deal with video game addiction. I'm pretty sure changing without what do you say our mind is subconsciously changing without our awareness so this is the first thing to understand much like your computer you know i can look at the screen and i can see an image but there's like thousands or millions of calculations going on the processor like all the time even with with the monitor off there's like stuff going on so your brain is the same way your mind is the same way there's tons of subconscious processing this is something that people with addictions don't understand, and, and it really causes problems. So, for example, some, some people will like, okay, like, enough is enough. I'm going to be sober. They go to rehab. Two weeks, they're clean. They leave. They're clean for a week. They relapse. Oh, crap. Back to square one. They go on a six-month binge. Come back. I need to get clean. How long were you sober last time? I was sober for three weeks. Two of those were in rehab, so I didn't have access to alcohol. So really, one week is what counts. Okay, let's give it another shot. Go to rehab. Two weeks. 
This time they're sober for two months. They relapse. Go on a binge for eight months. Come back. And so this happens, right? They relapse, they go back to square one, back to square one, back to square one, except it's not back to square one. I know it sounds kind of weird, but your brain is actually learning how to relapse less. Hmm. So I agree with him and disagree with him because it kind of depends on what's happening. So that absolutely can happen. And this is one of the things I've had to teach my guys with uh, quitting porn. So it's like, you know, a guy would, he'd try really hard. He'd practice like, you know, the systems that I teach, like in the self-mastery club about how to quit porn. He'd implement them, get some success. Then he would relapse. Okay. And he'd be like, well, crap is, did I undo all of my progress? And it's like, well, not exactly. Partially. It's like, you've undone a lot of the healing, but you actually had a bunch of reps, a bunch of time spent living as this new person, this porn free guy. And so the more you get better at what you practice. And so you practiced this porn free way of living. And so you got better at it and then you relapsed. Now, if you go on a bender, well, you will then be practicing the old way, right? So you'll be bringing that kind of conditioning back. But that previous learning, it doesn't just disappear. It's there so that when you get back to it, you're more likely to be able to find that groove and get better and better and better. But the thing is, if there's not an iterative process going on, like if you're just kind of phoning it in, if you're not like really the thing that determines whether what he says is true or not, like the fact that you're still learning is if you are actually engaging in synthesis, meaning you are stepping into a point of unknown and allowing your brain to form new connections. And so what does this look like? So if you relapse and then you go back and you look at it and you say, what went wrong? And you're able to identify a way that, hey, here's where it went wrong and this is what I got to do to make it not go wrong next time. Well, that's an act of synthesis. That's you stepping into the unknown, you know, crossing the, uh, you know, in through the breach, right? Crossing the threshold, whatever you want to call it. And that's a psychological state where growth can occur. And as long as you're doing that, a lot of that can happen passively, but there's some sort of act of will where you have to be willing to show up and do that. Otherwise, you're just reacting. And your brain will try to avoid building new connections if it can, because it's uncomfortable and I think costly. I think that's actually why it's uncomfortable is because it's energy intensive. So your brain, it attaches a price to it um, so that you don't spend all your energy doing that. And so like, it's not just going to magically happen. There has to be, you know, a, a certain level of changes physically in your brain, new neurons, mapped in new ways for old circumstances for that new path to really click in. And I've seen people who just try and fail and try and fail and they actually don't learn anything. All Mm. they're learning is how to stay in that pattern. So without the act of personal synthesis where you're really stepping into that uh, learning mode, letting yourself get curious and actually identifying, oh, I turned left here and I need to turn right the next time then no real learning's going to happen. Like, and, I, and you can see this in a bunch of different domains. Ironically, video gaming is one of those. So if you look at people's like video gaming, like, like online, like, like competitive gaming, okay? There's usually like these pretty clear ranks in a lot of competitive games where it's like, if you're this good, you're gonna be at this rank. If you're this good, you're gonna be at this rank. And if you just play, like you just show up and you play, you might get a little bit better, but you will reach a point where you will not get any better if you just keep showing up and mindlessly playing. The only way for you to reach the next level will be through very intentional and strategic effort where you stop and you engage in an act of synthesis where you say, hey, here's the part where my play is weak. How could I get better? Hmm. And you're going to think up something. You're going to come up with a plan. And that plan should will involve some kind of new conditioning some kind of new behavior pattern. And if you can internalize that, well, hey, your play might improve and your rank might go up. But without that stopping and thinking, you know, it's it's the common thing. It's, a, it's called being hard stuck. It's like you're, he's hard stuck in bronze, meaning like, you know, he's hard stuck at a low level of play and he can't get out of it unless he were to get some kind of coaching or change his approach attire, entirely. And I think that absolutely can happen to people is that you can get hard stuck in a point in your life where just showing up will not make you any better. 
you'll have to actually engage in some kind of creative effort to figure out a better approach. So this is why I'm so against this whole, just try harder, just keep going. It's not just, it's like, that's part of it. You do need to try and you do need to keep going, but you also must evolve. Man, do you think, I look, you know, it seems like the guilt, the shame, the the frustration at yourself, the self-hatred that comes after relapse seems to be one of the biggest things that keeps people from doing that. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take the time to figure out why this happened. I'm not going to take the time to figure out what the internal dialogue was that led to this. I'm not going to do my preemptives on this. I'm just going to be mad and frustrated at myself. It seems right. like one of the most common mistakes that I've seen. Um, did, would you say that's true? Is there something else that leads to that? Why are people not, why are people not evolving? Yeah, it's because of what you said. That's the biggest thing, right? And yep. so I, I've put so much emphasis on this dig, dignity concept. And dignity to me is the idea of your worth separate from your status, okay? Because if you believe your worth is your status, well, then you just screwed up. So your value just decreased. Yep. And so if your, your status just decreased, like... And because of that, if you think that that's your worth, well, then all of a sudden you're not even worth that effort of self-reflection because like you suck. And since you suck, here's what your brain does. As soon as you label something as bad, your brain starts using all of its creative power to figure out how to avoid that bad thing. So you label yourself as bad. Guess what your brain wants to do? It wants to escape, escape the experience of you, which means in its most intense sense, introspection. Because that's how you experience yourself most intensely is by just engaging in metacognition, engaging in your own observance of your conscious experience. And so if you label yourself as bad, that's the first thing that's going to get wiped off the table. And you're going to not want to do that because you're bad. Why would you want to experience yourself intimately? Um, And so what you need is to have to tap into that unconditional dignity that says no matter whether I do good or do bad, I'm still good and worthy of my own love, meaning I'm still worthy of the sacrifice necessary to engage in introspection, to engage in this synthetic, this synthesis of thought and personal evolution. No matter how much I screw up, I'm still worth that effort. And also, I can never be too good for it, right? I I can't earn so much status that I get to stop trying to be a good person. I get to stop trying to evolve, right? And so if you can tap into an unconditional sense of dignity, well, that's what's going to help you overcome these blocks and uh, really start making the the consistent progress. Awesome. Well, that's all I got for you guys this week. Um, yeah, thank you. if you made it to the end, thank you very much. And share this with a friend who you think would uh, enjoy the podcast as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Really excited to be getting this new uh, Man on a Mission content out to you. Hopefully we'll have a new video next week. Uh, we'll see. The first video is always the trickiest because I always want to try to try to frame it up real juicy. But uh, we may just have to jump into the deep end and uh, just start rolling with it. So stay tuned for that. Uh, like I said, check out the Self Mastery Club if you want to be a part of our community. You, if you want to learn more about it, make sure you check out the uh, web class on Cracking the Code to Fitness, Money, and Sex without selling your soul or becoming a discipline robot by clicking the link below. So ooyop, everybody. See you all in the next one.